the Lord said to us. And uh, have you all been listening to these messages? Have you been actually going back over them? Okay, you have to do that. You have to do that. I don't care how smart, how intelligent you are, how, how um, uh, good of a soaker you are, you can't catch it all in one sitting. I just happen to know, uh, my wife had the message on, was that yesterday? Yeah, yesterday she had a message on for Wednesday night. And uh, so I went back, I was sitting there listening, I was like, wow, I said that? You know, because I don't know. I don't know, I mean, the Holy Ghost is talking to us. And so uh, to, to get anything out of it, we have to go back over these messages and meditate the word of God day and night. And then we'll make a way prosperous and we'll have good success. The Bible says in Colossians 3 that we're supposed to let the word of Christ dwell on us richly. And so to get the word of Christ to dwell on us richly, we've got to go over it over and over and over again. And when the word is in there, whenever we're met with a challenge, it's the, it'll be the word that comes out. Amen. You found out what's in a person when you put them in hot water. You find out what's really in a person when, when they're met with challenges. And so we want to make sure the word of God and the anointing, the spirit of God is on the inside of us. Amen? All right, let's get to work. Matthew 5, we're going to read verses 14 through 16. Everybody have that? <clears throat> the New King James Version, let's read together. Ready to read. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now when you read that, it talks about us being the light of the world. We'll deal with that, city on a hill. They don't, it says you don't light a lamp, put on a basket under a basket rather, but you put it in a lampstand, you put it in a place where it gives light to all who are in the house. Everybody say in the house. In the house. But when you think of in the house, don't limit that to the church because it says in verse 16, he had already said with the light of the world. Verse 14. Verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men. Now these men he's talking about is not talking about these brothers and sisters here in the Lord. It's talking about letting your light shine before the men of the world. And it says that they, the men, the people of the world, may see your good works and people of the world glorify your Father in heaven. Now, for people in the world to glorify our Father in heaven, they need a revelation. So we preached on Wednesday night, vision, or visitation, manifestation, revelation. Today we're going to preach on the subject lifestyle evangelism lifestyle evangelism. Remember I say lifestyle evangelism. Say I'm, I am a lifestyle evangelist. I'm going to let my light so shine before men that they will see my good works and glorify. They're going to get saved when they see my life. Glory to God. Father, thank you today for the word. I thank you for the anointing that's already upon me, Lord. I've prayed and I've meditated and stayed before you, Lord. I pray, Father, that, Lord, as I open my mouth, you'll, it'll be you that speaks through me. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, your people will have hearing ears and seeing eyes, both gifts from you. 
And I thank you that, God, there's no hindrance or distraction of the word of God, but that the word flows freely, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. Every demon that's trying to stop the word of God is put to flight right now. And we even stop the work of every seducing spirit, every doctrine of demons that the devil wants to bring right now. We curse it. We bind to take authority over right now. And that, God, your truth, your word, shines as light into our hearts we pray in jesus name so be it amen and amen praise the lord glory to god so we've been we've declared this 2019 as the year of abundant manifestation and we've been talking about how god uh will visit his people this year in phenomenal ways phenomenal ways god in this season this hour is fulfilling his purposes fulfilling prophetic promises that he's made to the body of christ Remember I shared with you that how at the beginning of 2018, I was sitting there meditating the word of God and just praying. And the Lord spoke, spoke to my spirit and said, said that every prophetic word that we've ever heard is for now. And every word that we will hear from now on is for now. That when you go back, if you go back uh, 20, 30 years, 10 years, 5 years ago, the words that we've heard, prophetic things that God has uttered to us, uh, they weren't for that season. They were preparing us so, so that we could, by those prophecies, wage a good warfare. Isn't that what Paul tells Timothy? He tell, tells him that by these prophecies, you are to wage a good warfare. Prepare your hearts for these prophecies for time, for these prophecies that come to pass. And God has spoken to us and said that now is the time for prophetic fulfillment. So I believe we're in the, that we're in the most prophetic time on this planet outside of the, of the first coming of Jesus Christ. That God is ready to move and do some supernatural things in the lives of his people. Amen. We read on Wednesday night this scripture in Psalm 102, verse 13, coming from the Passion Translation. It says, God says, I know, or the, the psalmist says rather, I know you are about to rise, to arise, and show your tender love to Zion. To Zion. Everybody say, that's me. That's now is the time, Lord, for your compassion. This is this in your King James, New King James, use the word favor. Is the time for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. Everybody shout, it's time. It's time. Shout it right now, it's my time. It's my time. Shout, it's God's time. It's God's time. Glory to God. So it's God's time, it's my time, it's our time together. So God has a specific time frame that he wants to move in, in, in the earth. And there are things that he has, he has already pre-planned Pre-purpose for this time. To every purpose, Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time. So God has a purpose and a time. And we're living in his prophetic time. If you look at everything going on around you, you can see how things are kind of going downhill. We've been saying that for a while. That's why God has had us preaching these things for a while. Trying to, trying to get us to not be established under the world system but to be established in the kingdom of God, to be established in the word of God. Because that's how we're going to uh, live and not just survive, but thrive in the midst of a time when the world is going down. How many of y'all can clearly see the world is going down? Oh boy, it's like, like as Bill Winston said, it's like, like straighten up chairs on the Titanic. You can straighten the chairs all you want to, they're still going down. Remember, any of y'all saw the movie, they were in there, they had the band playing the music, you know, there. Now the, the thing is listing, it's going down, it's, it's, it's falling, but they're sitting there playing music trying to, trying to settle everybody's soul down, but it's going down. And the devil puts entertainment out here to try to get people's mind off the fact that everything's going down. All the movies, all the music, everything put out there, the TV shows is to get you to, to escape from reality that this whole mess is going down. 
but it's been prophesied by God. If you look at Isaiah chapter 60, look at Isaiah 60, please, verse 1. Isaiah 60, verse 1. I want to show you something here. God says to us, arise, shine for your light. Say my light. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So there's a time this, this glory will come, and it's now. In fact, give me, do me a favor, please, me. Switch this verse to the, to the uh, Amplified, please. I just wanted you to see something. We'll go back to New King James here. But look, look at verse 1, Amplified. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Glory to God. The devil has tried to get you all depressed. And prostrate, land down, not land down, praying, land down, land down. Stuck, can't down and out. Come on, anybody been there? You ain't got to raise your hand, but I'm going to tell you, there's times I've been there. But I thank God that he knows how to send light to me. Glory to God. Go back to New King James. So we don't, we don't need to be depressed. We don't, need to be, we don't need to be prostrate. But if we have been, it's time to rise up. It's time to change your position. You need to get from, from, from a position of heaviness to a position of praising and worshiping God. Glorifying God most high. So he says, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Look at verse 2, please. Verse 2 says, for behold, here's what's happening. The darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. So the people are in deep darkness. They're in a place, darkness, this darkness is no revelation. It's no vision. And without vision, people perish. Without vision, the Bible says, not, the New King James says, they cast off restraint. So when you see things going on in the world, all the crime, all the, all the things that are happening on our, on our planet, in our nation, in our city, it's because of deep darkness. But he says, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Verse 3, please. Verse 3, the Gentiles. Here's what's going to happen because the glory is on you. This is going to be some lifestyle evangelism. The Gentiles shall come to your life. That's the unbelievers. When they see this glory on you in the midst of their darkness, they're going to come to your light. And kings are going to come to the brightness of your rising. Everybody say, I'm rising. Glory to God. Proverbs 4.18, my path is getting brighter and brighter to the perfect day. I'm, I'm in my rising stage. The church is not falling. The church is rising. Glory to God. Now watch. When, when we get this, go back to, to, to Isaiah 60. When we're, when we're in this place here of a rising stage and God says it, it's, there's a time for it, I want, to show, want you to see the other verse, same chapter. Look at verse 22, please. Verse 22, watch what God says. A little one. A little, one a little one shall become a thousand. That's exponential growth right there. Your little one. If you, all I got is a little dollar. God can turn your little one. <laughs> Come on, we already saw, saw the Lord turn her little one into 500. Come on, he, he said a little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation. But watch what God says. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. So what he says is, is that whenever a prophetic promise of time comes, things start to move quickly. That's why he told us last year, take the brakes off. 
That's why we got to buckle our seatbelts and we got to start moving. The word, the word came even last week. Uh, Brother Caleb shared it, what the Lord has said to me. Yeah. He reminded us of moving, to, moving at God's speed. Because when God gets moving, it doesn't matter if you've been believing for 25 years. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm watching what God is doing up, up at uh, headquarters for us in Frankfurt at, with, with, uh, with Faith Victory Church. Uh, they've been a church now 20, almost 30 years, and they've been for 25 years prophesying and talking about building phase two for 25 years. But all of a sudden, boom, the time comes, and it's, it's moving so quickly. They're like, whoa, my God. And I'm not talking about borrowing money from the bank so it goes quickly. I'm talking about God is bringing the money in quickly. God is making things happen so quickly. It's, a, it's rising right before our eyes because God, whenever the time comes, whenever your time comes, God hastens things. That's why you got to be ready. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta have all your ducks in a row. Be ready because when God says it's time to go, it's time to go. She just said she's been searching for two years. But all of a sudden now, Time comes, and you're going to be moving there in two weeks. Y'all with me here? So we've been talking about here a tipping point and how tipping point is reached or crossed when you reach something called critical mass, right? So we've been talking about, we talked about last week, you know, uh, what are you believing? It's very important. What, what are you believing? I was sitting there uh, reading and meditating the word of God yesterday, and, and this thought came to me. Yes, sir. This thought came to me, and I believe it was the Lord. And what I heard was people don't really believe this. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people in the church. That when you sit there and read a story of miraculous provision, you sit there and read a story of miraculous protection or miraculous deliverance, that people really don't really believe. It's, in other words, people take it more as fairy tales. But these aren't fairy tales. <laughs> these are real stories. The only thing in, in, these, in this book that weren't real were parables. Everything else happened. And so you can't read these stories and be like, oh, that's nice, that's cute. No, these are, these are, these are, and, and the Bible says that these things are written for our example. Oh, y'all didn't catch it. These things are written for our example. So when we see these miraculous things that God does, we're not just to say, wow, well, look at what God did in the Bible days. No, look what God has prepared for you and us, you and, 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 and me in our day. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. So we got to be believing right, right? We got to be praying, right? I'm talking about critical mass here because many of us have already reached it. And my prayers, the rest of us will hit it this year. Critical mass is when what causes everything to start tipping over in your life. So we're believing right, we're praying right, right? In faith. We're sowing. I remember I changed the order Wednesday night. So we're sowing. You're putting the seed on it. Glory to God. I don't get many amens generally on that part right there. But amen. amen. I, I bring my own amen. You know why I bring my own amen? Because I've been a sower for a long time. And because I'm a sower, I'm a reaper. Glory to God. So I know the seed works in any area of your life. You can sow a seed for your healing. You can sow a seed for your marriage. You can sow a seed for your children. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we put a seed on it. Then we talked about, we also, what are you saying? What are you saying? So we got to be declaring something out of our mouths. 
Glory to God. The seed goes before the saying. Make a vow, pay the vow, then you decree a thing and be established unto you. Job 22, 27, and 28. Right? So we, we got to say something. Tell your neighbor you got to say something. Write this down. Prophesy until you, t you can testify. Write that down. Write that down. Prophesy until you can testify. Glory to God. Remember we said with you last week, you're the prophet of your own life. So it doesn't matter even what I preach. You got to hear God's voice. You got to hear the prophetic voice. You got to hear your, your pastor's voice. But you also got to hear, hear your own voice. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. It's your tongue. A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his lips. So you and I, we have to say something. Our lives are in our hands. Everything about our, voices, about our lives is voice activated. So I got to prophesy until I can testify. Glory to God. I, when, when, I, when I remember writing that down because I, I, I think about, man, I remember, I remember some messages I preached years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I was, I was preaching stuff that I wasn't, wasn't experiencing yet. Y'all not hearing. I was preaching and prophesying things that I wasn't, my wife and I, our family, we weren't personally experiencing yet. But we kept saying it. We kept preaching it. We kept, come on now, we kept prophesying. So, so when you do that, you prophesy until now I'm preaching things that I'm, I'm, when I'm preaching, I'm testifying. But I'm not done prophesying. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. I'm testifying now, but I'm not done prophesying because we're going higher and higher and higher. Anytime you're going to climb a mountain, anytime anybody's going to scale a mountain, they take that pick. They don't throw it side where they are. They don't throw it down. And too much in the, in the body of Christ, we got preachers who, who throwing, the, throwing the pick to the side. Throwing it down. No, when we preach, Moses, Moses, when he was preaching to the children of Israel out there, he was telling them where we're going. He was preaching about a land he had never been to himself. He prophesied a land. That God has taken us into a land flowing with milk and honey. And when you climb, climb that mountain, you throw that pick up and then you pull yourself, your faith. When, when you throw that pick, ladies and gentlemen, that's your hope. That rope is your faith. Your faith will pull you up to your hope. And when you get there, you pull that pick out and you throw it again. Oh, y'all ain't saying no. Just keep prophesying until you can testify. In other words, you speak until it speaks. You speak, write that down. You speak till, or I speak until it speaks. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. Get on the screen for everybody. Put on, put on the screen. Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, come on, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So whatever you have been prophesying, it will come. So you have to speak until it speaks. <laughs> Your life is going to speak for you. But until things manifest, you got to speak it. It's called calling those things that be not as though they were. Glory to God. 
So I prophesy till I can testify. I speak until it speaks. Are you with me today? All right, then we talked about you got to be doing something. You got to put in some action to your faith, right? Put in action to your faith. Lastly, we last, uh, finished off Sunday talking about how uh, you got to praise the Lord. You got to be praising. Am I praising? Am I praising? Because you, what you do is you got to praise God. Listen to this. You can write this down too if you got time for it. Praise God until your prayer request turns into a praise report. Write that down. Praise God until my prayer request turns into a praise report. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. And when you, when you praise God to, until your prayer request turns into a praise report, your praise just goes to another level when you get the manifestation. But you got to praise God in advance. Come on now. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So I got to praise God now. And I, I'm praising God just because of who he is. Just because he's already good. Whether I have manifestation or not, I've got to praise God. He's always worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going of the same, his name is to be praised. So we praise God. But we praise God uh, even, even for what the things that we're asking him for until the prayer request turns into a praise report. Y'all got it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, so we dealt with this on Sunday that our praise and our worship is an invitation for visitation. Everybody say visitation. So our praise creates a proper atmosphere for God's presence. But what happens when God visits us, it catapults, launches our lives into another dimension. Can I come down here? So he moves us to another level when we praise and worship God. Praise creates a habitation of visitation. Y'all got it? Exodus 15, 2 in the New King James Version. Let's read this one more time. Exodus 15, 2 in the, King, in the New King James Version here. It says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my what? My salvation. Salvation is my deliverance. All right? He is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. I will exalt him. So notice this line here says, and I will praise him. Okay, now we're going to switch to the King James Version, and this is for people who may not have seen this, and also remind us, those of us who have, that when we switch to the King James Version, only one line changes. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. So praise is the same as preparing God a habitation. In other words, if you want to prepare a place or a house for God, you've got to praise him. And I don't mean no regular old cute little praise. We were talking about one, one of our daughters, we were kind of cracking on her because we told her she got a, like a right here praise. It's interesting saying saints with a little, I got, I got a right here praise. Praise a right here praise. Just... No, you got you to cut loose, man. I said, you got to cut loose, man. Y'all not backing up on me, are you? You got to cut loose. I mean, you got you to gotta really dance. Dancing moves God. Dancing moves us. Dance. 
Dance is powerful. It's powerful. <laughs> Let me show you how, how powerful dance is. John the Baptist is in prison. Herod, King Herod likes John the Baptist. But King Herod is having a relationship with his, his sister-in-law, I think it was. And, um, and she don't like him because John the Baptist is going to tell him, y'all, y'all come in the door, y'all can't supposed to be doing that, this wrong. You know, he's a man of God. He's a man of God. And so, but Herod really, really likes John the Baptist. And people want him killed, but we, we can't kill John the Baptist. That's my, that's my friend. I like him. I like him. Well, uh, Herodias has a, uh, she's going to show up for Herod's birthday party. And Herodias goes out there and she just goes to dancing. She's dancing. I mean, she is twerking or something. She, she's putting, I mean, coochie coochie dancing. She's dancing that merengue, some salsa, you know. She, She's doing something that is, whatever it is, it's got Herod mesmerized. He's like, oh my God. Herod is messed up. I'm talking about the power of dancing. That's why you can't go to the pole club. You can't go to the club. Go to the parade tomorrow. You're going to be watching them girls down there dancing down. Not go, but you know, you just got to turn here, praise the Lord. Have you find yourself whistling and all that kind of stuff? Oh, what you doing? And here, here comes, here comes the request. What, what do you want? Hey, I want, I want uh, John the Baptist's head. Now, Herod, Herod really likes John the Baptist, but that dancing got to him. And he gave in because, the, boy, that dance, boy. Yeah. See? See? So we gotta, now, people will do that in the world. Uh-huh. We can't be in the church and be all sedity and right here praise. <laughs> See, because we want God to do some extraordinary stuff. Yeah. But we want to give him an ordinary praise. You can't do that. You can't do that. So we got to praise God. Because praise creates a habitation for visitation. And God wants to visit his people. That, you said that. That was the original plan when God uh, put Adam here on this planet. God would visit him every day, walk to, to, together with him in the garden in the cool of the day. They walk together, just hanging out. Because you need God to visit. I need God to visit. Nothing's going to change until God visits. I need to hang out with God. And when you and I hang out with God, we get to know him better. I mean, you and I can read his word, but to hang out with him, that's when you get to know him. Are you with me? There's a scripture, put this on the screen, please, media, uh, from the book of Job in the uh, International uh, Standard Version. Job 22, verse 21. I want you to see this. Job 22, verse 21. Watch this. 
It says, get to know God. Now, how are you going to get to know God? In a visitation, which comes from your praise now, right? So when God visits, I mean, if, if you, y'all, y'all some, some of y'all know me better than others know me. Well, maybe none of y'all know me. Some of y'all know me better than others know me. And it's, and it's because you visited with me. Or I visited with you. And we've talked outside of me up here in front of a crowd talking. <laughs> That's what Paul, uh, Paul said, know those who labor among you. Well, you can't know without visit. Got it? So he says, get to know God, and you'll be at peace with him, and then, oh, Jesus, then manifestation comes, because visitation brings manifestation, and the issue is, many of us don't know God yet, and because we don't know God yet, uh, and I'm talking about really know him, you know what I'm saying? Okay, let me, let me try to explain this. Y'all, y'all looking at me like y'all stunned deer. Um, if, if, if you were in, in uh, International Mall, yes, Lord. right? Floor. And you're, okay, on the second floor, you're walking by, and, and all, of, all of a sudden you walk, you walk into, into the, the Louis Vuitton store, and, yes. there, and there I am standing there in the Louis Vuitton store, I'm and I'm shopping, right? You're you going to, oh, hey, there's Pastor. Hey, how you doing? You know me. You, they, they say, oh, you know him? Yeah, yo, I, yeah, I know him. You, you, you know me. Yeah. My God. Which one do you have to stand? Okay. <laughs> you know me. Come on. But if you're on the other, now I would never do this, but if you're on the other end of the mall, the way on the other end of the mall, and I holler out, hey, Derek. Hey there. Or I say, hey Chris. From the other end of the mall. Now he can you might you can hear me. You hear a voice, but you're like, who is that? Who is that? Am I right about it? But if if that's if my wife at the other end of the mall and I say, hey Kim! I'm gonna say, yeah! <laughs> Why? Because she knows me differently. Why? Because we visit. Y'all better catch what I'm saying to you. See, you can't... A lot of, lot of folk know God. Yeah, I know him. But you don't know him, know him. You know you say it twice, it's, really, it's for real. You don't know him, know him. Ask your neighbor, do you know him, know him? I mean, I know you know him, but do you know him, know him? For real, for real. For real, for real. I mean, I know you know him, but do you, for real, for real, do you really, really, do you really, really know him? I mean, Jesus understood that. Jesus, how many times Jesus would say, verily, verily? It's different when you say it twice. Verily, verily, I say unto you. For real, for real, I say unto you. Right? Right. So that comes through visitation. So the more time we actually spend with God, the more then we know his voice, which says, go turn back. Right. 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 
I don't hear God. You do hear him. You just, you just not acquainted yourself. Go give me the same verse. Put it, Job 22, 21, in the New King James Version. Look at what it says in the, King, in the New King James Version. Now acquaint yourself with him. Get acquainted. Yo, are y'all here today? Get acquainted. Let's get to know each other. Glory to God. Now, he's telling, he's telling this to Job, this Eliphaz, one of his friends, telling this to Job that Job knows God. Job is a servant of God. God bragged on Job. But here's, here's Eliphaz saying, hey, man, you need to get more acquainted with God. So you and I can be born again and yet not really be acquainted to know him in an intimate way. And he's telling us that when we get to know him, the more intimately we know him, the more we get acquainted with him, the more then we know his voice and then prosperity manifestation comes. You'll know that still small voice, that subtle voice that says, no, don't do that, do this. Don't buy that one, buy this one. But I like this one. Yeah, but I know, he knows that this one is gonna break down in six months. I'm talking about the direction from the Lord. Y'all got it? All right, so we've got to get to know him. So, <clears throat> visitation brings manifestation. Real manifestation causes believers to stand in awe. Real manifestation, real prosperity that he's talking about here will make unbelievers stand in awe. Because remember now, people in the world, now we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. But the unbelievers walk by sight. Period. Point blank. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. They're not God. They're not God. They don't see your heart. Come on, sir. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. We regard no man after the flesh. We. We. Believers. We don't regard after the flesh. But they regard after the flesh. Everything about how the world sees and operates is by the flesh. It's by what they can see, by what they can touch, by what they can smell, by what they can hear. They, they do everything based on visual manifestation. And when, when, when you and I walk into the fullness of God, it's meant for the world to stand in awe. God needs the world to get a revelation. Because we preaching good, man. When I say we're talking about preachers in the body of Christ, we're preaching all, all over the place. But the world, yet. I mean, let's think about it. In, in the city of St. Petersburg, this is a few years, this is back before 2010. The, they did a count, that, this is back then, that in St. Petersburg, from Central Avenue South, there were th over 300 black churches. Yeah, all of a sudden you can drive some neighborhoods and you just every, one every corner like like food court. It's like a church court. It's just, wow, pick a choice. And everybody got little, little free samples out there. You know, you want to try something? We want to try? <laughs> no, I don't want that stuff y'all been breathing over all this day. Everybody picking over. No. And and yet, why are people not getting saved in the job, by jobs? Because they don't see nothing, sir. Well, we evangelizing. No. There's a lifestyle evangelism that's meant to make the world stand in awe. 
I'm gonna preach this whether y'all like it or not. Look at Jeremiah 29 real quick. Jeremiah 29. Let me show you this here. I got a lot. I probably won't finish today, but I'll get as far as Devin will let me go. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. So this is all on you today, Devin. <laughs> Come on. For thus says the Lord, y'all ever, ever read this before? Yes. Thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will do what? Visit. I will do what? Visit. I will visit you and perform my good word towards you. And called you to return to this place. So there's, God said there's a time set for visitation. And when that visitation comes, I'm going to bring a manifestation in your life. Right. You got it? Right. Verse 11, y'all know verse 11. And we could call that out uh, in our sleep. Uh, verse 11, please. Verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Uh, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So God has all these wonderful plans for our lives. That's an, uh, we use that word in other places, plans. I know the plans I have for you. So he has these thoughts that, these, that he's thinking towards us. And he says, I'm going to bring these things to pass in your life at the right time, at the time of visitation. And when I come visit, I'm going to perform my good word. I'm going to do something for you when I visit you. Now, if you were to keep, I don't have time to read it, but if you were to keep, if to read before verse 10 and after verse 11, that whole chapter, you'll see where God, the, the children of Israel are in Babylonian captivity. Right. So he's talking about when I come, I'm going to turn your captivity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When I visit you, I'm going to release you from your captivity. You're going to come out of debt. You're going to come out of lack. You're going to come out of sickness and disease. You're going to come out of the bondage of depression. You're going to come out of the bondage of guilt and shame and condemnation. I'm going to bring you out of all that stuff when I show up in your house. That's why we need a visitation from God because whenever he visits us, he performs his good word that he spoke to us. Am I right about it? Yes, uh, let, let me just give you another example. Get, give me Genesis 21, verse 1. Genesis 21, verse 1. Watch this. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah. He visited Sarah. This Abraham's wife. Yeah. Visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. You, you see that again? Here's another example of whenever God visits, he does. Are y'all praying for me over here? So visitation will bring a manifestation whenever God visits and we need God to visit so he can do what he said he will do in our lives. You got the promise, but he's going to hand deliver it. You got the promise, but he wants to visit with you. So you don't just take the delivery, but you also take him. He doesn't want you to just have the stuff. He wants you to have the stuff and him. And people are trying to get manifestation without visitation because they want the stuff, but they don't want him. And that's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Lord, I want you. I want you more than anything. And I realize if I have you, then you come with everything. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I, what I want more than anything is visitation. Man, I've been praying every day for this. I've been praying for you all every day. I mean, I pray for, I mean, I've been praying for everybody I know. Lord, visit, give them a visitation. Give them a visitation. You said this is your visitation. Visit their lives. Visit their houses. Visit their marriages. Visit their family. Visit their children. Visit their school. Visit their ministry. Visit their, their church. Visit everything, God. Because we need him. Don't get caught up on stuff. Don't go pursuing stuff. 
seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now listen to me. God wants you to have stuff. But the stuff is nothing without him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so Psalm 126, uh, we, we, not Psalm 1, we were just reading Jeremiah 29, verse 10 and 11, right? I'm going to visit you. I'm going to perform my good word to you. Now go now to Psalm 126 because we were talking about was bringing you out of captivity, right? So look at what the psalmist says about what Jeremiah said. Okay. It's, it's talking about the same event. So Jer the psalmist says in Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord brought back or turned the captivity of Zion, that's they were in Babylon, when he visited and performed his good word, we were like those who dream. When God showed up and did what he said he was going to do, we were like those who dream. When God shows up, oh God, when God visits your life, it's going to turn into a dream life. Every dream you have, you're going to live your dreams when God visits you and shows up in your house. Glory to God. God will turn your life from a nightmare into a dream. You're going to have your dream husband, your dream wife, your dream child, your dream marriage, your dream house, your dream car. Everything going to be a dream when God visits you. When you let God perform his good word in your life. We're like those who dream. So we got a dream life, Christopher. Now watch what happens. Look at verse 2, please. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Tell your neighbor, God's going to make you laugh. Oh, my God. Oh, remember we was in a mess, but look what God did. Remember we was down and out, but look what God did. Remember how we ain't have nothing? We have a pot to pee in and a window to throw it out of, but God came and made a way out of no way for us. Hallelujah. He opened doors that we couldn't see. He made a way for us. Hallelujah. God came through. Now we're laughing about what we were crying about. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. But watch this. God visited. They manifested. But watch what happened. Then they. They. Who was they? Those among the nations. Get, give me the King James on that. Let me just watch. Show it was King James because it tells us a real word to hear. Then they said among the heathen. I like that. The heathen. You know what the heathen is, right? That's all the sinners. That's, I'm going to throw this in. That's Beyonce and, uh, I'm sorry. Because see. You think now nah, I'm calling them sinners. I'm not, I'm not trying to call them sinners. What I'm saying is they are among the world. I don't mean to pick on some of y'all idols. Y'all got American idols all up here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about we, we should not be impressed by their lives. We should not be uh, trying to follow them on Instagram and see if we can live like them. God wants to make your life such a dream that they start following you on Instagram and trying to live like you live. God wanted to turn this whole thing around and flip it upside down and make things right side up and make it where they are now looking at us and saying, wow, the Lord has done great things for them. They ain't supposed to have more money than you? They're not supposed to live better than you? 
or drive better than you, or wear better than you. Oh, but they're entertainers. We we entertain God. Y'all missed it. Y'all see y'all that whole dancing thing. We're not dancing for our audience. We're dancing for God. We were created for his pleasure and for his pleasure were all things created. We were created to pleasure God. Oh, and the problem is, I'm going to say it, thank you, Holy Ghost, is most of us have been trying to pleasure ourselves. And most of us have, have been trying, watch this, the Lord, Lord said this to me the other day. He said most of us have been trying to find pleasure in the world, but the highest pleasure, the greatest pleasure is found in your purpose. Anything outside of that is a, is a pseudo faux pleasure. It's a fake pleasure. It's such that, that Moses said, Moses, he said, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, 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 follow God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, there is a pleasure to sin. There's a pleasure to the world, but it is a short-lived, it is a dangerous pleasure. We're designed to find our greatest pleasure in serving God. That's why we were created. Any other pleasure always has side effects. Any other pleasure has side effects. You can get pleasure out of a bottle if you want to. There's going to be some side effects. You can get pleasure in a pill if you want to. You can get pleasure fornicating if you want to. There's going to be some side effects. You can get pleasure smoking all the weed you want to, but it's going to be some side effects that's going to destroy your lives. But we're designed to get the greatest pleasure out of serving God, out of fulfilling our purpose. Ask your neighbor, what's your purpose? Because when you do your purpose, when you do what God has called you to do, you get your greatest enjoyment, your greatest pleasure. I don't have to traipse all over the world to find pleasure. I get sitting in the word of God. Oh, my God. Look at his word. Oh, my God. I don't need to be in nobody's club. And I ain't missing nothing. You don't know what you're missing. I ain't missing nothing. Out, out all your rent money and you don't know who you slept with. That ain't pleasure. And they come back to work and say they had a good time. You ain't had no good time. You don't even remember what you did. What you talking about having a good time? I ain't looking for that. Give me Jesus. Give me some praise and worship. Give me some word. Give me some time with God. Let me enjoy my family. I can have all the pleasure I want to have. Y'all sit down. So they're they going to say, the heathen going to say the Lord has done great things for them. Look, watch verse 3. This is our response. The Lord has done great things for us. 
where we are glad. Oh, the Lord has done great things for us. Now, what's happening? What's happening? The heathen are getting revelation. Because they don't get it. Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. The Lord said this Wednesday night. You and I, when we hear the word, we get revelation. We hear the word and we get a revelation. They can't hear the word and get a revelation. Um, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2. Oh, praise you, Lord. Verse 14. But the natural man, that's the heathen, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the things that you and I get a revelation of and we get excited about, they can't get it. But when they see your car, y'all ain't saying it to me. All we talk about is cars and houses and money. Well, that's not all we talk about. But that's what I'm talking about right now, and that's what you're talking about. And that's what they're talking about. That's what, that's what your coworkers talking about. That's what your family talking about. Come on, am I lying about this? That, that's, what, that's what everybody, that, that, listen, that's what your kids talking about. I'm seeing all these little boys around here wearing all these fake belts, fake Gucci and fake Louis. And fake, you, know what, you, know what, you know why they're wearing this stuff? Because they want that stuff. Because out there, that's what they talk about. I'm, 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 just, I'm just calling out since I'm, I'm past, I can do that. So what the devil got them doing is spending, spending their real money on fake stuff. He getting, he, and some of y'all done it because some of y'all been buying these fake purses. He gets you to spend your real money on fake purses. Real money on fake purses. Plastic mess gonna peel off soon as summertime hits. It's gonna peel. Real money on fake purses. Why? Because you know in reality that's what you want too. Because in the world, that's what they look at. Man looks on the outward appearance. They walk by sight and not by faith. And we've been with our, with our Holy Ghost sanctified, you know, I'm just going to be right as long as I got King Jesus. No, in the world, they got to see what King Jesus can do for you. What can he do for you? Tell me about your Jesus. What has he done for you lately? And I believe that God's raising up just a handful, might only be a handful, of people in this church who are going to be lifestyle evangelists. God, I'm going to let my light so shine before men that they're going to see my good works, my good living, my good life, my good family, my good health, and they're going to glorify God in heaven. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I got folk, I got folk who, 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 who they, they, they watch us. They watch us. You may not see them up in this church, but they, they watch them. I know all them views online ain't y'all. They watch them. 
they, they, they paying attention. Why? Did they see something? They see something. And can I tell you this? Can I tell you something? And just to be very frank and candid with you, it is so important to me that you become the lifestyle evangelist. Come with, let me tell you why. Because if it's, if it's just me, if it's just me and my family, then the people out there say, just like some of your cousins say, they only got that because the folk doing this, the folk giving them money, and the people, see, and that ain't, that ain't even true. And then they'll get mad if a pastor drive a $200,000 uh, uh, Lamborghini. You heard so-and-so? He bought his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini? So what? So what? Ain't nobody telling you what you can do with your money. And I told, I told, I told your son, I said, I said, tell him, tell him, because his so son go to that church up there in, in South Carolina. I said, tell him, I said, the only problem was he should have bought two. Because <laughs> the old rule is you're going to buy one, you ought to buy two, one for me and one for you. That's the only problem, you should have bought two. Because if they're going to talk about you, let them really give them something to talk about. Let them, if they're going to put, put you out there, let them really talk about you. At least have something worth them talking about. Now they, now they they start digging. Now they come out this week. Oh, the church bought them a one. They bought a one point eight million dollar house for them to live in. So what? People, people building this this guy around the corner of my just right on our street. You go right on our street and turn one little corner. It's a guy and his family, and they bought they bought a property. They spent $2.4 million dollars on this on this property and tore it down. That's where you go right on my, you, I, we, we, I walk right by there from my house. $2.4 million on this property and tore it down. So he paid $2.4 million for dirt. And now I'm building a mansion on it, so nice. I'm like, oh, Lord, you better go, brother. He, he's an Asian brother, but he's a, he's a Christian. So I'm telling go, brother. You go, man. Go right on here, boy. I hope you put a big old Christian flag right up there on the thing. Let everybody know. Look what the Lord has done. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad about it. Because folk, they'll pay attention to you when you, when you show a little something, 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 something. something. Hey. Lifestyle evangelism. Everybody say lifestyle evangelism. I told you Wednesday night about, about this, this lady, this evangelist up there. She was uh, from uh, Dr. Miles Monroe Church. We met her, and she talked about how she go out there and evangelize on the Las Vegas Strip and how she, the Lord told her she had to buy these Prada sunglasses, these bright red Prada sunglasses, because when she wore those Prada sunglasses and people, she go to talk to people, they notice, oh, Prada sunglasses. They, they, they gave her the time of day because she ain't begging for nothing, and they still, oh, you got Prada sunglasses. Okay, we can now some of y'all think that's just, that's just, no. The world looks on the outward appearance. I remember uh, last year, last year we had uh, Pastor Bumpus here. Y'all know Pastor Bumpus? Out yeah. of Indianapolis, he does, does prison ministry. And uh, we went out to eat with him, I took my dad out to church that day. And he said, he said, Pastor, I'm gonna tell you something, man. He said, when I go into prison, 
He said, I don't go in no suit and all that kind of stuff. He said, that's nice. He said, but when I go in the suit, I dress down. He said, you know what I do? I got to put on a fresh pair of Jordans. Jays. He, yeah, he said Jays. I put on a fresh pair of Jays. Now, I, I don't know what Jays are. What's Jays? The Air Jordans. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not as hip as everybody else. He said, I got to put on a fresh pair of them Jays, man. He said, because when I walk in them Jays, all the, all the inmates want to know, whoa, where you got Know they want to know. He said, and all of a sudden, they, they listening to me. So ever since then, I've been shopping, for, looking for some joy. For real, my wife, I was, I was in there the other night. We was, we was in Marshalls. Marshalls got some J's in there. I said, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get me some J's. Now I ain't gonna come preaching them, but when I'm on the street, when I. Walk into the store, then you might see passing some J's, you know. Need you some J's. Deacons, all the deacons, all the guys, get us some J's, man. We're walking down the street together, boy, we might, you know, they looking to us, you know. Glory to God. Now, why, why would a rich young ruler come fall down at Jesus' feet? Come on. He saw something. He said, now I'm rich. Now, what do I have to do to have what you have? Give me Ecclesiastes real quick. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13, in, in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. Ephesians 9, 13 through 16. I'm going to keep going here. I'm all right, Devin. Okay, you're in charge today, brother. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13. I mean, the Holy Ghost is in charge, but, you know, we're going to talk to you. Ecclesiastes 9, 13 in the contemporary English version. Glory to God. They're going to find it here. I know they got it. They got it, boy. I want you to see this here. This is why you got to have some prosperity. All right. Once I saw what people really think of wisdom. Verse 14. Verse 14, it happened when a powerful ruler surrounded and attacked a small city where only a few people lived. The enemy army was getting ready to break through the city walls. Keep going. But the city, watch this, was saved by the wisdom of a poor person who was soon forgotten. The man saved the city, Shantae, and they forgot all about him. Now watch what Solomon says, verse 16. So I decided, or I concluded, that wisdom is better than strength. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody shout, yet. Yeah. If you are poor. Well, as long as I'm poor, you know, as long as I love Jesus. I understand that's good for you. But it ain't good for others. Because as long as you're poor, he says, nobody even pays you any mind. Just talking. God is good. I ain't paying you no mind. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Oh, we just sing that boy. We can sing that song 30 minutes. God is a good God. Yes, he is. 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 They, they, I ain't paying y'all no mind. God's good, but, but I got to help you. I'm just telling you now, listen, 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 If you are uh, what you might consider poor, first of all, nobody here poor. Ain't nobody, nobody because not, not by the world standards anyway. 
If you, if you compare yourself to the rest of the world, you not even, you ain't nowhere close to poor. As a matter of fact, it's the, the status is, if you have $10 and are debt free, you are in the top 1% of the world. To be debt free and have $10, you're in the top 1%, I'm talking about the world, not America, but the world. So, okay, so, but it says if you're poor, people don't pay attention to you, they don't, they don't listen to you. And we need people to listen to us because we're carrying the truth. We're carrying the answers for the world today. So we gotta get people to pay attention to us, amen? amen. All right, Luke 5, go back over there. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, Lord have mercy. I think I can finish this today. Luke 5, I w told you this Wednesday night, but I want you to see this again. Luke 5, verse 4. When Jesus, Jesus got on Peter's boat, right? So this, he visiting Peter's boat. I want Jesus Christ to visit my boat. He says, when he had stopped speaking, Jesus stopped talking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I want you to have some manifestation. Since you let me visit with you, I want you to have some manifestation. Whenever I show up, I'm going I'm to give you something. So he says, let down your nets for a catch, verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I will do it, verse 6, please. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Verse 7. So they signaled to, the, to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Stop there. Okay, so Jesus Christ has been preaching all this time. He was preaching on the shore. Then he said, I need to get some more room. So he got on Peter's boat. He's preaching, 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 preaching away. And Peter's sitting there. All these guys are sitting there. And there's no, there's no conviction. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is preaching. That helped me right there as a preacher. Because sometimes I preach and, boy, people ain't saying nothing, ain't moving nothing. Boy, I'm like, boy. And here is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. See, it'd be different. Jesus preaching. No, Jesus was preaching. And there's not, no, no revelation coming in there. But all of a sudden, they get a manifestation. And watch what happens in verse 8. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw, S-A-W, saw it, he fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He didn't know he was a sinful man before Jesus was preaching. While he was preaching, while Jesus was preaching, preaching, preaching. Here's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Pure, pure, pure as you can get on this planet. See, to me, when you're around some, something that's, you know, pure, you kind of realize, ooh, you feel it. And Jesus, Peter wasn't moved around Jesus till he saw something. And he said, whoa, wait a minute. I'm a sinful man. Something wrong with me. Fishing all night and caught nothing. I couldn't get no manifestation like this. And all of a sudden you get his word and boom, there it is. When he saw, once he saw, he got a revelation. Now he said he's a sinful man. I mean, he's a sinner. And a sinner got a revelation off manifestation. And everybody else on the boat, everybody else on land, they saw this. Whoa. And then give me verse um, 11. Verse 11, I think that's the one. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. People follow manifestation. They follow this. They'll follow it when they see something. You've been trying to get folk to follow you to church? 
but people follow what they can see. Oh, I hope y'all grab a hold of this today. Acts 16, Acts 16, 25. Acts 16, 25. I'm going to take you somewhere in a minute. I'm going to take you somewhere in a minute. Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas have been preaching and casting the devil out of a lady, and the people threw her in jail, deep into a jail, right? Acts 16, 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They're having a praise party. Whenever you praise, you create a habitation for visitation, right? So here comes God visiting their jail. He visits their jail. And the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Here comes God showing up. Here comes God showing up. So that the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Verse 27, yeah, everybody, everybody. And the keeper of the prison, watch this, awakening or waking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open. He saw prison doors open. He supposed the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. Verse 28, Paul called a loud voice saying, Sir, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Verse 29, then he called for light, ran and fell down the trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, this man has heard those guys preaching. He's probably heard them singing, heard them praising God. But when he saw, it, the Bible says he saw all the doors open. When people see the doors that God opens in your life, I better, y'all better call. Last year, the word of the Lord came that this is going to be a year of open doors. Great opportunities. People, when they see you stuck between a rock and a hard place, and all of a sudden, God opens a door that you couldn't open. And no man can shut. When people see you going to territory that they never imagined, never dreamed you going to, when they see the doors that God supernaturally opens in your life this year, they're going to say, hey, what must I do to be saved? People respond to open doors. And this man got a revelation when he saw open doors. Are y'all seeing this? Everybody say, I am. A lifestyle evangelist. So people respond to open doors. They respond to manifestation. Now watch this. Write this down. When prosperity hits my life, the world pays attention. When prosperity hits my life, the world pays attention. And I'm a, you don't have to write this down, but I'm going to throw this in for you. And the church would get upset. Did you hear what I said? And the church will get upset. I mean what Jesus said in, in Mark 10 down there? He said, you, You'll have uh, persecution, you'll have blessing. You have blessing, blessing comes with persecution. Glory to God. No man who's uh, giving up houses, mothers, fathers, and all that kind of stuff who will not receive a hundredfold you know, in his lifetime with persecution. So if you're going to get blessed like God's talking about, a hundredfold kind of blessing, I'm going to keep a, preach a message one day called Keep It 100. Y'all are coming for that? Keep It 100. So when he says, I'm going to give you a hundredfold return, a hundredfold blessing, it says it's going to come with persecution. The persecution is going to come from the church, first of all. 
Because they're going to want to know how come you being different? How come you step out the box? How come you daring to receive all that kind of stuff? That ain't, we, that we, don't, that we don't need to have all that stuff. And that's the church. Because the world knows you need money. The world knows you need money. I mean, in this world system, you need money. We're living in a material world. It's a material world. You and none of us, none of us have hit translation point where we're flying to work. Lord's translating us from, from home to work. Well, you gotta you gotta get in something to get there. You gotta have some gas in it. And some oil and all that kind of stuff you need to in that car. Come on, am I right about it? None of us are living like Adam and Eve when you ain't have no clothes on. You need clothes on. And we prefer you change them every day. It's a material world. Am I right about this here? So we ain't no need of us fighting this here. No need of us fighting this here. We need to go ahead and take whatever God says. Y'all got it? So God does this because he intends for us to be lifestyle evangelists, where people will listen to you and come and get saved just based on your lifestyle. Turn to Zechariah. Find Zechariah. Chapter 8. I'll show you this here. Let me give you more minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And turkey wings can wait. <laughs> Zechariah 8. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Man, man, man. Man. I'm excited about my evangelism ministry. <laughs> I'm excited about my evangelism ministry. Glory to God. I'm an evangelist. Now, I may not be in the office of evangelists like, 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 like uh, evangelists back here, but no, I'm talking about we all are called to evangelize. Glory to God. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, I know you're an apostle or a pastor, but do the work of an evangelist. So I'm going to do the work of an evangelist. Tell people about good, how good God is, but I'm going to make sure first I let my light so shine. I'm going to let my light so shine. Come on, sir. Are y'all in Zechariah chapter 8? Verse 9, please, in the New King James Version. Thus says the Lord of financial transactions. Right, when you see Lord of hosts, it's the God of angel armies. It's the God of financial transactions. Anytime you see, anytime through the scripture you see Lord of hosts, you read that whole uh, section and there'll be some sort of financial transaction happening. Every time, without fail. So thus is the Lord of financial transactions or Lord of hosts. Let your hands be strong, you who have been hearing in these days. Have y'all been hearing these days? These words by the mouth of the prophets who spoke in the day the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts that the temple might be built. Verse 9, verse 10. Before, before these days, watch this, is rough. There were no wages for man, nor any hire of a beast. There was no peace from the enemy for whoever went out or came in. For I set all men, everyone, against his neighbor. Verse 10. But now, I will not treat the rest of y'all as in the former days, 
says the Lord of financial transactions. For the seed. Man, I, I'm in the wrong church this morning. I'm talking about seed sores. I, miss this one. I, I don't expect seed sores to even get excited about this. Now, before there was no hire, no work. But the seed can be prosperous. Y'all got to catch that. So I don't need hire or work to make it happen. My seed. Thank God for hire. Thank God for work. But my seed. He didn't say, I'm going to give you work. He said, I'm going to make your seed prosperous. I got, see, I, I got seed in the ground. I got plenty of seed in the ground. I got plenty of seed in the ground. And it's coming up. My wife and I get excited about seed. The other day, we were, uh, dad uh, and Frank, they were talking about, you know, this building project. And he had told everybody, hey, go out there and, you know, uh, just keep it going. Put your chains together. Just go and collect all your little loose, your quarters, your corners, all that kind of stuff. Put it together. And we're going we gonna to get this, get this church built. And uh, so we said, we're going to do that. So we went, finally, what was it, the Friday, Thursday night? Thursday night. And went, and uh, I had to go buy me a, one of them change counters. So I can count this change, man, this thing, you know. With the rappers, you put the rappers that drop the money in the rapper for you, man. We counted, man. And we had, I'm talking about change in quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies. Oh, yeah, we didn't finish. Yeah, that's right. We didn't count them. We had $326 in just quarters and nickels and dimes and pennies. Now, you, know, you might look at it and think, well, that might be $60. You know, that's was $326. Now, you know the devil going to come. Well, you know, 326, you can go and go to the mall and you know you. No, 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 no. No, when you're a seed sower, you're looking for any way to get seed in the ground. Because God will turn your situation based on a seed. And he said, your seed will be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. The ground shall give her increase. And the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this, of the, this people to possess all these. Verse 13. And it shall come to pass that just as you are a curse among the nations of Judah and house of Israel. So I will save you. Watch this. I will save you. And you shall be a blessing. I'm going to save you, and you're going to be a blessing. Oh, God. Give me this same verse, uh, verse, thir verse uh, no, let, let me keep going. Drop down, because here's the verse I want you to see. Verse 23. Are you ready for this? Verse 23. Thus says the Lord of financial transactions. In those days, what days? The days we just talked about, when your seed begins to prosper... Ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man or child of God, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Now, notice he didn't say the Jews or the people of God are going to go out witnessing. Ain't nothing wrong with knocking on the door. Nothing, nothing wrong with witness. Ain't nothing wrong with sharing the gospel. We're supposed to do that. I'm talking about, but when this manifestation comes by visitation, you're going to become so prosperous that rather than you having to go to people, 
we just we can just pack it up. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. He's gonna he gonna make you so blessed that the people the Bible says will grab a hold of you and say, "Let us go with you, for we have heard." Now I guarantee you, they heard it when they get there. They want to make sure that what they heard matches what what they see matches what they heard. When the Queen of Sheba came and saw Solomon, she said, I heard, but, but I need to come see for myself. And she said, what I saw, the half ain't even been told. So they're going to get it. They're going to hear all about how God has blessed you. Your family going to hear about how God has blessed you in little old St. Petersburg. And they're going to come down here and look at you. Oh, my God, the half ain't been told. Because when God visits his people. He's going to move in your life in such a dynamic way that people are going to grab a hold of you and say, we have heard God is with you. They say, we're going to let, us, let us go with you. Well, we're going to church. We're going? Well, we're coming over Wednesday night uh, to your house. Well, we're going to church. Well, we're going? The next time your family come in town and they come to visit you and stay at your house, they ain't going to stay home. See, too many times we got family, they come visit us and they stay home while we come to church. That's foolishness. Before you stay at my house, I'm going to shut everything down. But when God bless you, you ain't going to have to shut nothing down. They're going to say, oh, we getting dressed? Hold on. <laughs> oh, we, where we going? Come on now. They'll follow you to the restaurant and we going, we going with you. They're going to follow you right to church. Why? Because they're going to see manifestation on your life that's going to knock their socks off. This is lifestyle evangelism. This is what God has planned for you. I better finish. What's that? Oh, that's the wrong notes. That's last week's notes. Give me Zechariah 8.23, the same verse, in the Good News Translation. Everybody say lifestyle evangelism. evangelism. Can you read it with me? Ready? Read. In those days, ten foreigners will come to one Jew and say, we want to share in your destiny. Because we have heard that God is with you. In other words, we want to go wherever you're going. We want to have what you have. We want to be whatever you're being. Yes, sir. Yes. We want to do whatever you're doing. Because yes. we've heard God is with you. <laughs> what happens when people say they want to get in on your destiny? Come on. I'm, my life is going nowhere fast. I, I need to get in on your destiny. Right. Right, now, if they look at you and your life ain't going anywhere, they don't want to get on your destiny. Some of y'all mad at me, but don't be mad at me. I'm telling you, man, this is for you. This is for you, man. God wants this. To... I tell you what, I'm your prophet. And whether you hear or whether you reject what I say, you're going to know a prophet has been among you. Don't be like that man in 2 Kings 7 when the word of the Lord came to the prophet and he said, this ain't going to happen. And the, and, the, and the man of God said, it's going to happen. You're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat of it. Don't be left out. Tell your neighbor, don't be left out. Don't get caught slipping. 
Okay, Zechariah 8.23. Give me the easy to read version. Easy to read version. The Lord All-Powerful says, read it with me, ready, read. The Lord All-Powerful says, at that time, many foreigners speaking different languages will come to a Jewish man, take hold of the hem of his robe, and ask, we heard that God is with you. Can we come with you to worship him? Now, we're talking about now, not just them trying to get into your destiny. We want to worship with you. We've been Buddhists and we've been Hindus and we've been Muslims and Muslims and we've been all this other stuff. We've been everybody else witness, but we want to go with you because something your God is doing that we don't. Come over here. It's something your God is doing. So we want to come worship with you. What's going to happen when you, when people just, your neighbors, start just following you. We want to worship with you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. If two of y'all are getting this, that'll bless me. Uh, is there two of y'all just getting this? Okay, okay, good. There's a lot of resistance in the room, I can tell you that. I can tell you that. I'm just telling you why. See, it's the reason why y'all, when I say y'all, you know I ain't talking about all of y'all. It's just some of y'all are following the, them folk out there on Instagram. That's why they follow them. They love everything Because what they are having and doing is more glamorous to you than what you think God can do in your life. You act like they serve the bigger God. You serve the bigger God. You serve the almighty God. You serve the most high God. Stop being moved by that phony junk out there. So they want to share our destiny. They want to worship with us. Now watch this. Same verse in the voice. Y'all ready to read? Ready? Read. Eternal one. A day is coming when ten men... People from every nation speaking every language will grab the cloak of a Jew and beg him, let us come with you because we have heard the true God is among you and we want him to save us too. Now they want to be saved? Well, now we want to be saved. This isn't the, this isn't the child of God out there trying to make anything happen. This is, I'm just... Receiving everything God has, my, my seed became prosperous. My seed became prosperous. Everything started producing. And now all your coworkers, we want to be saved too. We want to worship with you. All your neighbors and all your family members, even your enemies. Hey, hey, you know, my bad, man. You were right, I was wrong. I need to get with you because... See, the government will shut down and, 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 and the economy will tank and everything else will go down, but God's economy will never shut down. It'll never tank. It'll never tank. And God is saying, I'm just looking for somebody. See, I know because God knows it won't be everybody. But it's going to be somebody who'll say, Lord, make me an evangelist. Make me a lifestyle evangelist. 
that you shine your glory and your manifestation on my life so strong. Glory to God. Think about the people you've been trying to talk to. You've been trying to talk to them and tell them about, about Jesus and they don't want to hear it. Because they want to see something. Now we got to get over this religious thing we have. We got to get over this religious thing we have. Well, they, you know, you know, they, yeah, they, they drive nice to me, but they, they borrow. So? So? So, at least they driving. You might need to borrow. Yeah, you choose. Did he say that? Yeah, he said that you might need to go and borrow. Did he say that? Yeah, he said, you might need to borrow. You ain't going to work your seed. Just go borrow. At least, at least it'll fix your face. At least it'll fix your face. saying that because your face ought to be telling a story about the goodness of God. If it happened, you know, then your face will surely show it. The preschoolers know that. We happen, we know it clapping our hands. Yeah, we clapping our hands, but you know, if your face ain't showing it. He said, yeah, I said it. You might even just go finance it. Probably, I'm, I'm talking about the person sitting next to you. Probably not you. But somebody next to you probably just, just, go, just, go, just go finance it. Just, just do it. Do it. We ain't going to throw you out in the church. If it's going to make you happy, just go finance it. Just go get, get it over and done with. Stop worrying about it. Pastor going to talk. Pastor going to talk about you. I ain't got to make no payment. I don't care nothing about that. Go do whatever you want to do. Don't go on it. I don't care. Yeah, give me a ride at least. Let me get it. Let, let, let me smell that new. Let me, let me smell it. If it's going to make you happy, you can at least go around the unbelievers and smile. Grumpy old men in the church. They driving better than me. Okay, go do what you can do. Gonna kick you out of the kingdom. Come on, sir. Come on. Come on. 
But when that seed become prosperous. Pay that thing off. And then put on the tag, no note. No note. Paid for. You understand? Now in the meantime, I want you crying. In the meantime, don't be crying. Are you hearing me? All I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is the world is looking at us like, what, what's wrong with y'all? God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Okay, why are you looking like that then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this all right? When them people come in there and you don't ladies and guys hair, they look at you and they see how you dress. You you dress nice. You dress you trying to copy my wife. I, I watch you. You just, you just dressing and, and, and don't she don't play around. You know? See, they listen to you. That's that's why people getting saved at right at right at, at your, in your chair. Should I say that? Some of y'all need, just need a good shopping trip. Just go. Just, 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 you, you waiting on your tax refund? Just go get your, just do a nice shopping trip. <laughs> Buy some good stuff that'll last. Get out the dollar store, get out, I'm, not the dollar store, get out, get out them 399 stores and buy them, them wigs, those shoes and then buy them all that rainbow stuff for no dog. Just go, go, buy, go buy nice clothes. Keep them clean, keep them pressed. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you now because people are looking at you. They're looking at you. And God expects us. He expects us to impress people. In the world. When people in the world look at you, a child of God, are we reflecting God? That's just what he expects. And you know what? If you get with his program, He'll pay the bill. You hear what I said? He will pay the bill. Now, y'all come back Wednesday night. I'll do it with, uh, with Matthew 5. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'll deal with that. You are the light of the world. I'm going to show you Wednesday night about this evangelism. It is letting your light shine. So men will see God in you. See what you do. And they will say, 
We want to come worship with you. We want to be a part of your destiny. We want to be saved based on your lifestyle. Y'all got it? Come on, stand to your feet. That's all I have time for. I'm way over time. Way over time. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you telling me to go finance? I'm not telling you to go finance. I'm telling you, fix your face. Fix your face. You might start just, just putting tires on the one you have. Well, I don't have one of them new Bluetooth. You can buy, you know, you can buy a new system. You can buy a Bluetooth and put it right on in there. Go to Best Buy, go down to the to them people on 34, whatever. Anyway, just do that stuff. Paint it. Whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Whatever going to put a smile back on your face. So when you say, I'm a Christian, you don't look all bitter. And then people will start listening to you. And hear what you have to say. People don't pay any attention to a poor man. Bill Gates never finished college. And yet he's one of the foremost voices on education in America. Bill Gates. Microsoft never finished college. Mark Zuckerberg never finished college. Most of these titans of industry never finished college. And yet, their voices carry more weight in education than people with doctorate degrees in education. All your doctorate don't mean nothing when you broke, you're trying to pay off them student loans, you're paying $800 a month in student loans, and the people that don't have, they all, all $800, $1,500 a month in student loans, they, they ain't listening to you. But, but Bill Gates walking there? Hey! Am I right about it? If I 16 people tell me I'm right, I'll, I'll feel good. Am I right? Okay. 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 Lift your hands. Father, I present to you a core of people who your word says, Father, that your people shall be willing in the day of your power. And so I'm presenting to you a people who are willing in this day of your power to be lifestyle evangelists, those who will allow you to place your signature on our lives, to place your handprint, your fingerprint on our lives, that when you visit us, as you did for Sarah, as you told the children of Israel, you do in Jeremiah 29, you said when you visit them, you'll perform your good word. And so, God, we're asking you, Lord, to look on us and see that we are volunteering ourselves for you to visit us in this year and to manifest 
Perform your good work you've spoken to us. Bring every promise to pass. Thank you for the times we've sown seed in our poverty, in our lack. Know that we know that those seeds are coming up, Lord. Thank you for every instruction you're giving us. There's a wisdom that comes from you, Lord. There's a direction that comes from your spirit. That as we receive that and follow that, God, you will lead us into abundance so that, God, we'll have the wherewithal, the means to go into all the world. We'll have the means to go into the prisons. We'll have the means, oh God, to go into the hospitals and nursing homes. We'll have the means, oh God, to get the gospel out over television and radio and through satellite and everywhere, Lord, we need to get the, get the word out, God, that we'll have the means, God, Lord, the wherewithal in us, God, even as we're riding down the street, even as we're at work or wherever we are, that people will, Lord, give heed to what we say because they see the things that you are doing in our lives and we will be those who when we're asked, how did this door open? How did this happen? We will not say it was our education. We will not say it was our smarts. We will not say it was our connections. We will give all glory to God. We will declare it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And so Father, every person today who's willing, I decree, that this will be their year of abundant manifestation. This is the time that you will cause them to, to tip over in abundance, oh God, to tip over, God, into, into monstrous blessings, to tip over, God, into supernatural manifestation, oh God, to tip over in their lives, oh God, to the point where, God, where things are happening so fast and so much that we're having to call in those who are connected to us like Peter did. Calling in our family, calling in our friends, calling in our neighbors, calling in our loved ones, calling in our fellow church members, God. Calling in those and say, hey, come on, come on and get some of this. Come on and get some of this. God's doing so much. Come on, come on and grab. Come on and grab some of this. Come on and take some of this. Come on and, come on and have. Take as much as you need. Take as much as you want. Hallelujah. We receive that, oh God. That we are in this house the Josephs of our families. That the Joseph anointing is upon us, oh God to go before the people that we ourselves become the seed that goes ahead of our families and receives what you have for us so that in times like we're facing in America right now, like the times, the famine times that are coming upon the world, that God will be the ones who you use to preserve a people for yourself. Now I decree that blessing and I thank you that God, your people receive it and it manifests in our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Come on, give God a shout of praise in this place.